Welcome back to the podcast, The Secret of a Successful Life Series. The life Jesus offers us is filled with opportunities to enjoy His blessings. In this chapter, everyone deserves a second chance. We will notice how an unexpected conversation helped Julianne decide to give her husband Walter a second chance in their marriage. And we will also notice how someone else will suddenly realize that David Benson deserved a second chance also. I didn't see Walter before he left this morning. Is everything all right, Julianne? Mom, he just wanted to get an early start at looking for work. With all the soldiers coming home, jobs are not that easy to find now. Walter has always been a good provider. I'm sure he will find suitable work soon. As a mother, I'd hoped we would see more of him when he got back. We haven't had but one good family meal since he came home. Mom, it's not like I thought it would be. Julianne looked out the window for several moments, staring into the thin air before she continued. Mom, while Walter was in the Army, I couldn't wait for him to come home. Now that he's back, well, it's like he's changed. Julianne, come sit down at the table with me. Far be it from me to pry but there are some things I can see without being told. Is something wrong between you and Walter? Oh, Mom, was all Julianne could say before bursting into tears. After getting a hold of her emotions and drying her eyes, she looked out the window into thin air before speaking again. Finally, she said, Walter and I are in trouble. I love him, but the war has affected him. Julianne, I, I realize he got religious over there. I see good from that. I don't know what to think about that, Mom. The first night he was back, when we went to our room, he started to tell me about the war. Then he told how he went to Paris with some friends and went to the French prostitutes. Mom, by his choice, he has slept on the floor every night since. Although, at this time, I don't know how I feel about him. Reaching out her hand, Helen said, Oh, Julianne, I was afraid something bad like that had happened. I could see your eyes and the pain in your expression. Mom, what can I do? Julianne, do you love Walter? Well, yes, I love him, but how could he love me and, and do what he did? As his mother, I'm not making excuses for him. What he did was wrong, and I'm ashamed of him for that. I expected better from him. But dear, think about this. Why did he tell you? What do you mean, Mom? Julianne, just think of all the men coming home from France. How many of them have gone to the prostitutes 
and are now coming home. How many wives have a husband who did what Walter did and don't know about it? I think Walter has real regret over what happened, or he never would have told you about this. Mom, you're the second person to tell me that. Now, dear, Walter did something terribly wrong, but I'm old enough to have seen many people suffer from the same problem. Julianne, just notice how other couples are getting along now that our boys are coming home. I know this is tough, but you too can work it out. Mom, the night Walter told me this, he said at one time he was going to run out to let the Germans kill him for what he did so I could live on the insurance money. He would have done it too, but his friend from Iowa stopped him. Is that the David Walter talks about so much? Yes, he's David Benson. David talked very directly to him. They were in a shell hole that night, and he later baptized Walter right there. So that is how he became so religious. Well, I don't know what to think about that. Walter's never been the religious type. I have to wonder if that's all an act just to make me overlook what he did. Julianne, you might be right about that, but I know my boy, and he has never been one to be a phony very long. He might sound tough at times, but he's always fessed up, just like his telling you what happened in Paris. Please give him a chance. I still think it's unusual that he told you, and right away, I think there's hope for you and him. Mom, thanks for listening to me. I'll think about what you said. Julianne, if you don't mind me asking, you both left the next morning after he got back. Anna watched little Leo. Where did you go? David Benson had told Walter about a preacher at the Turner Street Christian Church. So after the armistice, Walter wrote the preacher and asked if he could stop by to visit him. So that's where we went that morning. Walter told him his story, and the preacher didn't miss any words. He told Walter that he had done a very bad thing. But like you said, he mentioned how Walter did tell me. Mom, Walter wants to go to church there this Sunday. I don't know if I will go then or ever with him. But something seems different about him. Julianne, there seems to be some real heartfelt feelings for you and Walter's heart. Think about giving him a chance. Mom, Mom, I don't know if I can do that. It just seems so hard to forgive someone after being hurt like that. How can people do that? And what good can develop out of that? Anna and I will watch Leo any time that you and Walter need some time together. Please give him a chance to do what is right. That same week in southwest Iowa, a young sergeant got off the train in his hometown. It was early morning and few people were out and about. Those who were looked briefly at David's uniform and marveled at his high rank. 
For while David had grown into manhood in France, lifelong prejudices lingered in the hearts of many area home people. Grabbing his bag, he started the long walk to Ralph and Beulah Hunt's farm. He had to see little Clara. Reaching the farm about mid-morning, Ralph noticed David walking to the house. Mother, Clara, come quick. We have a visitor. Clara could tell by the excitement in Grandpa's voice that this was someone special. She shot out the door and saw David. Running to him, she gave him a big hug. I'm so glad you were back. Ralph and Beulah walked David and welcomed him. Come in the house and sit down. It's, it's close to dinner. Will you stay and eat with us? I sure would. A home-cooked meal beats army food any day. Sensing that Clara needed to talk about her parents' death, Ralph said, David, it'll be an hour or so before dinner is ready. After you catch your breath, why don't you and Clara take the horse and buggy for a ride? I'm sure you will want to visit. You know, one of these days, I will have to teach you how to drive my car. Ralph, one of the things Oscar kept encouraging me to do was to learn everything I could, could in the Army. So after the armistice, I arranged to get transferred to the motor pool where I learned how to drive and work on Army trucks. I reckon I know how to drive your car. Well, in that case... Forget about the buggy. Just take my car for a ride. After cranking up the car, David and Clara started down the road toward the church. Looking at the road ditch, Clara noticed some fresh wildflowers. David, can you stop and let me pick some flowers? I want to put new flowers on Papa and Mama's grave. Getting back in the car with the flowers, the two proceeded to the cemetery. David noticed several new graves and realized that the flu had claimed many other people in the area besides Clara's parents. Walking up to the top of the cemetery hill, Clara placed the new flowers on her parents' graves. The new tombstones read, Oscar Jones, a real man of God. Mary Jones, a real woman of God. Clara that's very fitting for your mom and dad. David, I miss them so much. Why did they have to die? Oh, Clara, I don't know. I miss them too. Clara, I saw a lot of my friends die in France. But I want you to know that the death of your parents hurt me more than any of the others. Clara, we have to keep trusting that Jesus is taking care of them and we keep following him. Until we see them with Jesus, we have to keep following Jesus. David, I'm so glad that Grandpa asked you to farm Papa's farm. Well, Clara, I'm going to do my best to take care of you and your farm like your parents would. That's what Grandpa said you would do. Going back to the house for dinner, Ralph presented an idea to David. He explained that since the war was over, several farmers in the area wanted to send their livestock to the Chicago Livestock Center where they could get a better price for their animals. Since David had a good army buddy there, maybe he could go along and help the area farmers out with that. 
Ralph encouraged David to write Walter McIntosh and see if they could stop by in a few weeks when the first shipment left town. After dinner, Grandma Beulah made a confession to David. David, when you and Clara took the car ride, I took the liberty to call your folks to tell them you were back. Your dad expressed that he wanted to come get you and he would be coming around 2 o'clock to pick you up. I hope that was all right. David started to feel some strong emotions building up inside, but then realized that he had some things he needed to work out with his dad. So he said, That is all right, Mrs. Hunt. Thank you. A few minutes later, Frank Benson drove into the farmyard with his horse and buggy. David thanked the family for the hospitality and said he would be back to work out the details of the farm work. Picking up his army bag, he proceeded to see his dad, who was jumping out of the buggy and running to him. Son, it is so good to see you. Reaching out his hand, he gave David a strong handshake and then noticed the stripes on David's sleeve. Sergeant, in my war, they didn't just give that rank to everyone. It took some real leadership to deserve that. And I know that you earned those stripes too. After a short visit with the Hunts and Clara, Frank and David headed home. On the way, Frank started to talk in ways he had never spoke to his son. David, I'm so glad you're home. I never wrote you because I don't know how. But I sure thought about you and prayed for you. I recall when I came home from the Spanish-American War, I made some bad decisions. I saw some tough things, and no doubt you've seen just as bad or worse. I started drinking, and you know what kind of mess I made for your ma and the rest of you kids. I don't blame you for not wanting to have much to do with me. I want you to know that since you've been gone, I haven't had a drink of alcohol. I can't say it's been easy, but I am getting better. David found it hard to believe what his dad was saying, but he had to admit to himself that he was seeing some real changes. He was really surprised to see that the farmhouse and buildings were painted up and the weeds were cut. Frank explained, Suppose you wonder how I got the money to spruce up the old place. Since I haven't been drinking, I've had money to buy paint for the buildings and other things we needed around here. Folks in the area just think that I've been spending your army pay, but you know that's not true. What you do with your pay is your business. Son, I've talked enough, but it's good to have you back, and I hope that I can be the dad you never had before. June 1919 Dear Walter and family, I trust that things are going well in Chicago for you. I'm getting settled into farming once again. Clara and her grandparents have been very supportive of me, and have encouraged me a lot. My own family has made some changes and now are even going to church every Sunday. Dad has stopped drinking for some time now. I hope you're getting involved with a good church now. Ralph, Claire's grandpa, has been talking about taking some farm animals to the Chicago Livestock Center, and he's asked me to come with him. 
Do you suppose we could stop by and see you when we come? It would be good to see you again. Best wishes, David Benson. Late June, 1919. Dear David, it sure was good to hear from you. Yes, it will be fine for you to visit. Mother wants to prepare a great meal for you when you come. I want you to see all of my family. I wish I could say everything is going wonderful with Julianne. Let me say that we are working on it. The first night I was back, I told her everything that had happened in Paris. By my own choice, I have slept on the floor ever since. Compared to the hard ground and the mud in France we slept on, I can handle that. The next day after I got back, Julianne went with me to see the preacher you helped me write to. It's hard to say if she will go to church with me or not. Write when you can and let me know when you are coming out. You're always welcome. Walter. It was mid-September before Ralph got a railroad car of cattle ready to go to Chicago. David wrote Walter explaining the days they were coming and how to make lodging arrangements for the trip. It was mid-afternoon when Julianne heard a knock at the door. Opening the door, she saw the two Iowa farmers. You must be the friends that my husband talked about. The two men introduced themselves and Julianne invited them to come in. Walter is still at work and his mother and sister are here preparing the evening meal. So why don't you sit down and let's get acquainted? Helen introduced herself and her daughter Anna to the two men. Before the visit progressed any further, Anna explained that they forgot to pick up some things for the evening meal and that she needed to go back to the corner grocery. At that, Ralph said, David, why don't you go along with this young lady and help her carry the groceries? I'm sure she could tell you a few things about the city here. David's face was blushing bright red as he reluctantly got up to go along. After the two walked out the door, Ralph told Julianne and Helen that David was a great man, but very shy around girls. Sitting down, Julianne started to ask some questions about this David. She wanted to know everything she could learn about her husband's wartime friends and deep down, check out his stories that he'd been telling. So, Mr. Hunt, what can you tell me about this David Benson that my husband talks about all the time? Well, first of all, Mrs. McIntosh, please call me Ralph. Okay. And please call me Julianne. Calling in from the kitchen, Helen said, and feel free to call me Helen. Okay, ladies. David Benson is one of the young guys in our area that went to war as a boy and came back as a grown man. You know, there were older guys that went to war that did not mature or progress as much as David has. He has a good head on his shoulders. He's a man that I fully trust to be around my family. Last fall, during the flu, we lost our only daughter and her husband. Our Mary was expecting a second child, and her husband, Oscar, was helping many of the neighbors who were sick. We think so much of David that we asked him to move on to their farm and take care of the land. He was a very special friend to Mary and Oscar. We're raising their 10-year-old daughter, Clara, and she thinks the world of David. Helen commented from the kitchen, Ralph, 
We have a 10-year-old son, Harry. He's not come home from school yet, but he's our youngest, and my husband died a few years ago, so Walter's been taking care of us. Still wanting to gain information about her husband, Julianne continued to ask more questions. Tell me, Ralph, what kind of home life does David come from? That young man has had a difficult upbringing. You see, about 20 years ago, when his dad came home from the Spanish-American War, the man became quite a drunk. He has a bad reputation in the area, and many people don't like him. To make matters worse for David, his aunt lives in a nearby town, and everyone knows that she is a community prostitute. You know, some of the guys that go to see her think that no one is being hurt by their actions. But I've noticed that many others are affected by the actions of those involved in prostitution. There's a lot of truth to that statement. With a furrowed brow showing his wonderment about that comment, Ralph continued, Did you notice earlier when David left to go with your Anna to the store, how red his face was? That boy has never asked a girl out in his life. To be honest, I don't think any girl in our community would go out with him. Not because of anything he's done, but because of his family. You know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives. If you don't mind my asking, just how did you get to know David so well if most people in your area have nothing to do with him? Well, to answer that, I have to tell you about my family. You see, my granddaughter Clara thought that her parents should reach out to David's family. So Oscar and Mary worked at starting a friendship with David, mostly. Before the war started, Oscar baptized David at a youth retreat. Sounds like your son-in-law was a preacher. No, Julianne, he was not. And at one time, he did not want anything to do with church or even the Lord. Ralph? That's interesting. What changed his life? Julianne, Oscar lost his parents when he was young. His dad died in a house fire, and he was left with the farm to take care of. He was only 14 at the time. The community banker, who was the church treasurer, realized that all the farm records were destroyed in a house fire, so he made Oscar pay on a loan for two years that Oscar was sure his dad had paid off come to find out just last fall, Oscar was right about that. At any rate, Oscar was turned off by the phony church member who was a banker, and he didn't want anything to do with the church from then on. He eventually, he married our daughter Mary, and they had little Clara a couple years later. About four years ago, Clara wanted to be baptized, and Oscar, to everyone's surprise, was baptized too. You want to talk about a changed man. It was a day and night difference. Oscar did his best to forgive the old banker. Last fall when they suddenly died, the banker came by the farm and returned the money from the loan and added to it, confessing to his crime. After turning himself in, he's now in prison. It was really hard to forgive him for what he did. But you know, everyone deserves a second chance. I might add, that just before Mary and Oscar's funeral, we got the letter from David telling how he had baptized your husband in a shell hole on the battlefield. 
It brought us great comfort to hear that your husband described Oscar's life as the far-reaching effects of a successful life, even in France. You see, when Oscar became a Christian, he helped David come to the Lord, and in time, David helped Walter come to Christ. A lot of good has come from our heartaches. I just know that the Lord helps us to adjust and go on in life, even after we've been badly hurt. Ralph, that is quite a story. I think that our two grocery shoppers are coming back. Going to the door, Julianne opened it, and David's arms were full with a box of groceries, and his face was not as red like it was when the two had left. Going into the kitchen, Anna whispered to her mom, That has to be the dumbest farmer I've ever met. He acts like he's never been around a girl in his life. Anna? Helen whispered back. I don't know all the details, but during the war, that man saved your brother's life. You should be more respectful to him. From what I've just learned, he's a very good man, and he is welcome in my home anytime. Well, I'll be. Maybe I was too fast to form an opinion about him. I guess he deserves a second chance. Ralph, David, I hear more steps. I think my husband is coming home. Opening the door, Walter saw the two men and ran over to Huggy's good friend and then said, You must be Ralph. I'm Walter McIntosh. Glad to meet you. So how did your cattle do at the stockyards? We got a good price, and I have a hunch that David will be coming back in a few weeks with another shipment of livestock. I'm getting a little too old for these trips like this, but David has a good business head, and there are other farmers in our area that I can convince to let David represent their animals at the stockyards. Well, you both are welcome to our home anytime. Guys, I think as soon as my little brother gets home, we're about ready to eat dinner, or as you country boys say, supper. Following the meal and a lengthy visit, the Iowa farmers thanked their hosts and said goodbye. Julianne was the first to tell David that she was glad he had become a good friend of Walter and he should come back anytime he was in town. At that, Ralph said, well, you know, you folks could come out to see us too. David has a big farmhouse all to himself. He has plenty of room to host you when you come. Ralph, you just never know. We might take you up on that offer sometime, Walter replied. Walking to the hotel, Ralph commented to David how that was a very nice family. Then, to David's surprise, Ralph said something unexpected. David, did you notice that sister of Walter, Miss Anna? Well, well, yes, how could I not notice her? We went to the store together. Tell me. How did that visit go? Ralph, you know the girls don't like me. She just tolerated me while we went to the store. Yes, but what about after you got back to the apartment? Did you notice anything different about her? No, can't say that I did, but I will say she's really pretty. David, for a man that is so smart, there are some things you just don't see. That girl has eyes for you. I noticed the change after she talked to her mom in the kitchen when she got back. Now, my guess is 
Her mom just told her how you saved her brother's life in France. But I do know that during supper, that girl had eyes for you. Oh, Ralph, how do you know that? David, I've been married for close to 40 years. I raised a daughter, and now I'm raising a granddaughter. I've learned a few things about women in that time, and believe me when I tell you, that girl has eyes for you. I think you should start writing her, and when you come back to Chicago with more livestock, you need to take her to a picture show or a baseball game. With more fatherly advice than he had received for a long time, David was quiet for the rest of the evening, but his mind was racing. Would that pretty Anna actually go out with him? A couple days later, when Ralph and David returned to Iowa, David thought it would be good if he wrote a thank you note to Walter. In the note, David asked if Walter would mind if he wrote to Anna, and the next time he came to Chicago, if he could ask her to go to a picture show. The same week, Walter sent a short note back to David. Walter said that he would be pleased if David wrote Anna. He then explained that the entire family was favorably impressed with him. And there was one more thing. That night after David and Ralph left, Julianne said something about everyone deserves a second chance. David, I don't know where she heard that, but I know I don't have to sleep on the floor anymore. At this time, it appears that Walter and Julianne are working out the major issues of their marriage. We ended this episode with David Benson taking Ralph's advice to write the young woman in Chicago. Since David has been very bashful around girls and never felt like any girl would go out with him, just where will this new friendship with Anna go? We invite you to listen to the upcoming episodes where these issues will develop in unexpected ways. Thank you for joining us for the Secret of a Successful Life series.